If you're in sales or business long enough, at some point, there's going to be a downturn in your life. You're going to have personal problems, business problems, or there's going to be a downturn in the economy. So what are you going to do to prepare for it? How do you get ready? What do you need to know how to do? And how do you have consistent sales if this does happen? You have to have a strong game plan and you have to be ready for it. And if you're not ready for it, how do you make that pivot or that shift so that you can? Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today's a good day. Coming to you live from the How to Sell Show studios, and I figured I'd put an episode together for you for how to sell in tough times. And it may be that there's things going on in your industry. There may be things that are going on in your company. There may be things going on in your personal life. There may even be things going on in the economy. And what you you got to know is this is a normal part of business. This is a normal function of life. And what happens is for a while, something goes really good for a long time and you get conditioned to it. You're like, yeah, things are amazing. And you never look towards like at some point, there's going to be a bottom that drops out. And when the bottom does drop out for most people, they're not prepared for it. They don't know what to do. So 90% of people are running around with like their chicken, like, <laughs> like they're a chicken with their head cut off. And 10% are like, I don't know what you guys are up to and why you're doing this. Why are you freaking out? So there is an aspect of the mental game to this. And if you're in the middle of this for whatever reason, whether it's your industry, it's your company, it's you, or it's the economy, you need to figure out where you're at. You need to have the real conversation, not a fake conversation, not a generic conversation. Like you got to take stock. Where am I? Take inventory of what you need. So what do you need physically? What do you need financially? What do you need mentally? You could go through Maslow's uh, hierarchy of the, the top five things that you need. Where are you with safety? Where are you at? And it's not going to do you any good to fake it. Like the fake it until you make it, that's not this conversation. This is where are you at? So if we were talking face to face and I said, hey, sales guy, hey, sales girl, what is going on in your head? And if you did an info dump and you said, look, I'm scared. Uh, I don't have a ton of money. I'm worried about food. Like those are the things that you need to say. It's not the time to be like, no, everything's going to be good. Everything's going to be perfect. Even the people who've been through this before, they, they know that there are some things that can happen that are good, but there's also some dangers. And if you get caught up in like everything's going to be perfect without some sort of planning, you're, you're going to have some problems because it's going to take some effort. It's going to take some planning and it's going to take some action. So find somebody to talk to about your problems. Get the poison out. Get those things taken care of right now. Whatever that problem is inside of your head, get that poison out. If you got to find a coach, a mentor, a clergy member, a therapist, a psychiatrist, a doctor, like whatever you have to do. And in lieu of not having somebody to go talk to, just go somewhere private and just say, like, here's all the things that are bothering me. If you listen to the How to Sell show, 
I, I've said in probably like seven or eight episodes now that there's a spot here in Sacramento by the river that I like to go to that nobody's ever at. And I just talk out loud. I just say like, hey, this is what's bothering me here. Here's what's going on. I feel better because I got it off my chest. I stopped thinking it and I just I got it out of my system. It's a poison. You got to pay attention to your inputs and who you're listening to. If you're having personal problems because it's at your company, if it's because of a product line change, if it's because of things that are going on in your life, if it's because of the economy, you really do have to pay attention to the inputs that you have, the shows that you're watching, the things that you're reading, and you may have to change up your diet. You may have to look and say, hey, look, I can't, I can't deal with these shows. I can't deal with this because it's nothing but negativity. And it could be the people around you. You know, for a while in my life, I had some very negative people in my life, and they they, they took me down a path of me losing deals. And now I'm like, uh, <laughs> I meet people and they're super negative. I'm like, mm-mm. You're not, you're not sneaking into my life. I'm not going to allow it. It's not going to happen. And so for a while, you do have to protect yourself from negativity. And it may be uncomfortable. Sometimes you don't answer the phone. Sometimes you don't talk to a person. And you know who I'm talking about. You could just think right now, there's probably two or three people in your life. You're like, if I talk to this person, they're just going to drag me down. So you need to find good content that nourishes you. The good entrepreneurs, good, I don't know what you do, but it may be good spiritual information for you, whatever religion or idea or deity that you look at. Remember that some of the greatest wealth has been made at the depths of despair of some of the greatest people. And it could be in their lifetime, like things are all going wrong. It could be in the economy. You look at the Great Depression, you may not know this. More millionaires were made in the Great Depression at any given time until... 2008-ish, 2009, where people really made wealth because they were able to pay attention and say, hey, I'm going to make some changes. There's plenty of moves that you can make. There's a lot of things that you can do, especially if the economy is down and especially if you're willing to work some extra hours. Look to those who have been here before. There's there's people who may be a little bit older than you or a lot older than you have lived through uh, different situations. Look for their knowledge. You know, just because they may not be in the game doesn't mean that they don't understand what's going on. There's people who are retired and in the bottom of an economy, they may have some really good ideas and say, hey, here's some mistakes that I made or here's some things that I saw or here's some things that I did. And here's something that you could do to make things happen. As I mentioned previously, you may have to find a coach or a mentor. You may have to find somebody and pay them. And, you know, you got to look at it as an investment. If I pay this person $1,000 for some of their knowledge, will it save me $10,000 a heartache, $100,000 a heartache, a million dollars a heartache? You know, is there something that I can learn? And from that, you really do need to keep a journal. Go buy a journal, like for real. This is, I talk about this so much. This is the one thing that you can make a roadmap for the next time this happens, because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Everything runs in cycles. Everything runs in time periods. Everything runs in certain situations. And stick to a schedule. You will find that one of the things, what happens is in the midst of chaos, you start looking for certainty. You start looking for things that are consistent. You start looking for a pattern. And the more that you can make your timetables more reliable by sticking to a schedule and getting stuff done, you could use a checklist But like by 8 o'clock in the morning, this needs to be done. By 10 o'clock in the morning, this needs to be done on a consistent basis. And here is the thing that most people don't realize. If it is a downturn in the economy, you may have to donate time, money, and effort to help a charity. Because sometimes we forget where we're at. Sometimes we forget how good we have it. Sometimes we forget like, hey, I've got seven hots and a a cot, somewhere to live, somewhere to stay. And other people don't. And it's just a, a good way to find like, hey... It's, it's not as bad as I think that it is. There's things that I can do. 
when you take a look at your health, if you are stressed out, you do need to get some exercise in whatever way that you could do that. That could be some push-ups, it could be some jumping jacks, it could be some yoga, it could be something, but you do need to get some exercise. Walking around, like what happens is when you get lethargic, it's really easy to get depressed. Uh, there is a tie to how you work out and some of it being depression. Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not giving you medical advice because I'm scared of blood and I'm scared of needles. So, you know, if you need some help from a medical professional, go talk to them. Eat well. Under stress, your body needs to burn the right fuel. So whatever that means for you, eat well. I am a huge fan of candy. <laughs> I, I am. I like, I like all the stuff that you're not supposed to eat. So if I go to the doctor, they're like, Hey, Scott, we should probably start looking at your diet. And I'm like, no, you know, I do like the candy aisle. I do like the ice cream aisle. I do like sweets. But you really do need to to get the exercise. You also need to get sleep. You need to get sleep. You need to get good sleep. One of the the greatest tools that you could have is the ability to be cognitively functioning when other people aren't. And when people are stressed out, they typically typically don't sleep well. So if you're combining exercise, eating well, and sleeping... Like you're miles ahead of the game. Now you add this next item to it, get as much water as you can. And everybody's a little bit different on their water intake. So once again, not a medical doctor, scared of blood, scared of needles, but you do need a lot of water and you need the energy because you are going to burn through energy for what's going on and what you're going to need to do to get through your problem. On this list, you need to set a baseline. Where are you at and where are you going? I'm going to say, if you're in sales, you need to record your presentation this week, right now. Record your presentation. Like you are out of excuses. Uh, right For right now, I'm recording this episode in 2020 and it's uh, spring. And so there's a lot of things going on with a worldwide pandemic. And one of the things that's happened is people are using video more. There's an app right now this day and age called Zoom. And everybody's doing Zoom, which is like a webinar extension. They're having conversations. And so four months ago, three months ago, people were like, I don't know if I should be on video. I look silly. I look dumb. Uh, sorry, there's been a cultural shift. Uh, the way that it is now is people show up to Zoom meetings and they haven't shaved in three weeks. They're in a t-shirt. You know, they're in flip-flops or walking around the house. The house is a mess behind them and they don't care. They're like, I want some interaction. And it's going to have long-term effect on how people sell moving forward in the future. So here's the thing. Your presentation is not going to be perfect. Yeah, nobody cares. And you're out of excuses. Find a notepad, uh, a tablet, Find a cell phone, find an old video camera. And if you can't find one, go like onto a secondary market like OfferUp or Craigslist and buy one for 20 bucks because that's about what they cost. And record your freaking presentation. Know that like you really need to take the same amount of time. If it normally takes you 45 minutes to give a presentation, it should take you 45 minutes to record it. If it takes you 45 minutes to give a presentation, it takes you an hour to record it. You're sandbagging and you're putting in elements of things that you're not doing. You have to be real about what's going on. And what you're going to do is you're going to go back and watch it. And it's going to hurt your feelings. It's going to be painful. You're going to be like, I really say that and I really do that. Realize that's what you're doing in front of your buyer. If you're setting a baseline, you're figuring out exactly where you're at and you're figuring out the holes in your presentation. It has to be done. Most salespeople, like, they won't do it. They won't do it. And the reason why is because it'll hurt their feelings. So no, from the very beginning, right now, it's going to hurt your feelings. On this list, you need to recognize where your buyer is. If it's a, a problem in the economy, they're scared. And you adding on fear to what's going on in their life isn't really going to net well for you. You're going to freak them out. You know, what's the opposite of scared? 
what is the opposite of the feeling of the dominant emotion that they have right now? You could talk about them being scared. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you pile on the fear and you're like, I need to scare you even more, you know what's going to happen is you're going to get an objection at the end of your presentation. You're going to get, I want to think about it, or I'm not using your business, or I'll call you later. Their nerves become overdeveloped because if if there's problems in the economy, people get caught up in watching the news and they start looking at the count of uh, stock market and job job rates. And there's all sorts of things that they get caught up in their head and they're like, oh my goodness, I'm all freaked out. So you add more fear to it. You add more anxiety to it. You're going to push their decision making off. This is where I say you have to work your discovery phase. You have to be willing to ask questions. And anytime that people are struggling in the world of sales, this is the one place where I'm like, look, you think you're spending a lot of time here and you're not. This is where you got to take really good notes. So when I work with salespeople, I'm like, you know, tell me about your discovery phase. I'm like, what is that? I'm like, it's where you ask questions. That's where you find out their problem, pain, or risk. Tell me about what's going on. And they're like, oh, I've got like one or two sentences right here. I'm like, one or two sentences? No, no, no. You need to figure out what's going on. What what do you really have? You got to take stock. Tell me about what, what the situation is. And if you really want to make some things happen, Start looking toward your discovery phase and see where you're where you're at and what you're doing to ask questions. And what emotion do you really need to sell at this point? Is it hope? Is it a strategy towards the future? Is it success in the future? Most salespeople sell off of fear. It's their go-to move. If you don't go with me, here's all the problems that you're going to have. If you don't use my product, your life is going to suck. And so what happens is when you go into a sales process and everybody's freaked out and you add to their problem, they're not going to buy. You're going to need to slow down in order to speed up. And this is going to be very counterintuitive. This is going to be one of those things that I say, hey, look, you need to slow down in order to speed up. Everybody's like, no, I got to get to my next client. I got to get to my next buyer. I need to make more money. Nope. If your sales presentation typically takes you an hour to give, you better allot an hour and a half to two hours. If your sales presentation takes you three hours to give, you need to allot three or four or five hours. And you need to match your message to your buyer. What's going to happen is everybody in the industry that you're in is trying to move faster. They're trying to do it quicker. They're trying to exclude buyers. They're trying to disqualify the buyer and they feel it. It's not going to feel real. It's going to feel like an external type of pressure, which it is. And the more that you try to speed up your process and put controls in place, like if they do this, I say that, and I'm going to look for reasons why I can't sell to somebody. I promise you, your buyer is going to feel it. Now, here's the thing too, is just because somebody can't buy from you doesn't mean they don't have friends, coworkers, or relatives that could. And in the bottom of the 2008 recession, At that point in my life, it was the most amount of money that I ever made because I made the conscious choice of I'm going to slow down my presentations. I'm going to take time with people. I'm going to deal with their emotions where they're at, and I'm going to talk through their problems. And everybody else in the industry was like, speed fast, go quick, get out of the call. I can't get this person to buy. They're not going to buy for me. They can't buy for me. And because I took time with people and I was real with them and had real conversations, I was able to close way more deals. At that point in my life, I made more money than I'd ever made previously. I'm going to let you know this slow down to speed up when you're meeting with buyers is something that you could do. If you're dealing with financing, aka easy payment plans, know that one of the things that happens in a down economy is lenders start tightening up restrictions. They start moving up scores that people can have. They start looking at credit to debt ratios. And you may have to take more time to get somebody through financing. And you have to be prepared for that. And you have to let the buyer know, hey, look, 
Right now with what's going on in the marketplace, it may take us two or three people to have a conversation with, know that it's normal, know that it's going to be okay. And if you don't let them know that, if you don't give them a heads up, then what happens is if they get declined, they get worried and they get upset. You have to treat it like normal, which it becomes in a down economy. Look, remember earlier I shared with you that one of the things that happens is I might have to jump through hoops to go through lenders. Everything's going to be okay. Uh, one of the things that I, I help companies do is I help them get grants from the government and I let them know we're going to turn in a packet of information and what's going to happen is everything's going to be done perfect. And then they're going to come back and they're going to say, we want more information. And then you're going to turn it in and everything's going to be perfect. And they're going to come back and say, Hey, we want more information. And it's just the cost of getting a grant. Well, I'm going to tell you it's the same thing. It's the cost of getting an easy payment plan done. When most salespeople sell, they, they sell from the dominant emotion that they have running through their body. If they're scared, they sell on fear. If they're feel fearful, they're angry, they're resentful, they've got problems. That's the emotion that's going to be mirrored with the body. Your competition is scared. They're going to show it in their presentation. Let them do it. Let them do it because what's going to happen is when you show up and you give a good presentation and you don't have all of those emotions running through, people are going to say, hey, something was different. I remember writing with salespeople in 2009, 2010, 2011, right after the financial crash. Buyers would talk to the people that I rode with and say, hey, you're a lot more calm than the other sales guy that was out here. Why is that? And it's because they had the training where I said, hey, you need to slow everything down. You want to speed up the sales, slow down the process. If you're scared, they're going to be scared. If you're freaked out, they're going to be freaked out. If you're calm, it's going to calm them down. It's not going to mean that they're going to be perfectly peaceful, but they're going to look to you for leadership. Sales is leadership. Hands down, sales is leadership. Sales is the way for you to show people to get what needs to be done. Look to the traits of a good leader. Watch what happens. When it's their time to shine, when it's their time to have the tough conversation, they stand up and they say what needs to be said. And people look and they're like, wow, that guy's an amazing speaker. Or, wow, that woman's an amazing speaker. It's because they're doing a form of leadership. Pay attention to the words that you're using. Are you using a lot of fearful words? Are you using a lot of positive words? Are you, are you being super negative? Are you freaked out? Because if you are, they are. Your sales presentation must be top-notch and on point. It's not a sales call, it's a performance. And most of the competition is going to go run and do the minimum. They're going to do the bare minimum. They're going to do whatever it takes for them to get in the call, out of a call, and like, peace out, Girl Scout, I'm done. And then what's going to happen is they're not going to get the deal. And they're going to go to their next call and they're like, I got to speed up my sales to get to the money, to get to the low clothes, to get to the dopamine rush. So they go to the next call. They take out a whole bunch of elements of their presentation. And the next thing you know is they get to the end and all they have is a discount and a price match. And the buyer goes, I smell fear. I smell desperation. And I don't want to buy from a desperate salesperson. I don't want to buy from a scared salesperson. I want to buy from somebody who knows what's going on. And I'm going to go to my example that I love to use from Super Troopers, from Chief O'Grady, desperation's a stinky cologne, which it is. People can pick up on it. They can feel it. Let your competition be out of shape. Let them price match. Let them discount. There are some people out there who are opportunistic and they just want to take advantage of something. And there is a certain segment of that in every population. Just know that sometimes they're not going to be a good fit or it's going to take some more work. It's going to take some effort. So you need to role play as much as you can. And I'm going to give you a super secret tip right here. In, in a, an economy issue, most people either go too far either direction. So on your left hand, if you have negativity, on the right hand, if you have positivity, 
most people will go all the way over as far like if you stick your arm out and stretch as far as you can most people will go super negative or the opposite of that is super super positive and it's not real a buyer's going to go like look you're way too happy you're way too excited like you do not understand what's going on out in the marketplace so if you put it like right in the center and just a little bit more over to positivity Right. So like uh, you're not going to you're not going to go super negative. You're not going to go super positive, but you are going to lean towards positive. You have to be mentally tough in a sales presentation. You know, you do have to be yourself. You could be completely nervous on the inside, but you have to be uh, good on the outside. You have to show that you're ready to give a presentation. You got to be good at a presentation And this does take effort. This does take a lot of energy. You will be tired after your presentation. You may even get rejection really fast from the buyer. And what that could be is they could be scared of the outcome, especially if it's a downturn in the economy. People don't know where their credit scores are. They don't know where things could be for them and the possibilities for them to to get and acquire the product or service that you have to offer. So you have to be willing to stick into the game when others won't. The conversation for you could be about stability in business and products. When buyers are fearful, they want to know that what they're getting is going to last and is going to be good. And if money's tight for them, they want to know that they're getting a good product or service. So you're going to have to talk through why your organization has done things right, is in the good position, can help them moving forward, and they they have stability, that they're going to be good at what they do. You do have to paint that vision. And you have to prove the stability. We've been here before. We've seen this. We've done this. And look, I've got a picture. Look, I've got a video. Look, here's what we did for growth. And it really does help out. You got to ask for the business. You know, people may do this weird, really weird thing where they build a ton of rapport and then they get to the end and they're like, well, I kind of feel sorry for the buyer or the buyer kind of pushes off and says, well, just send me the information. You do have to find a way to ask for the business. And you may have to go a few objections deep to make this happen. It could take some time, energy, and effort to be understanding. And you're going to be very tired after this type of presentation. Explain why going now and doing what you need to do now is better than waiting. With that being said, sometimes the sale isn't made and you got to follow up. And this is a skill that you got to develop right now. Most salespeople won't do this. They don't have any type of sequence. They don't have any type of knowledge. So your job is to take three hours and to come up with text message sequences, email sequences, and phone call sequences and make a swipe file, which means that you're going to type it out and you're going to put it into a spot on your phone or your computer that you can deploy these assets when you need to use them. And if you need some help, episode number 35 of the How to Sell show has a ton of content for you. It's not going to be perfect the first time. If you're looking for perfection the first time, it's not going to happen. It's just not. Let's just take that excuse away. Right, The longer that you're like, well, I got to make sure that this is done, that's done. There's apps and things that you can do to help you refine your message like Grammarly. It'll help you with your, your grammar and spelling if that's what you want to get caught up in. But, you know, the best thing for you to do is like, look, here's what you do. You shoot a quick video. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I need you to know. Here's what we could do to move forward. You take that video. You take it. You upload it to otter.ai. It costs you nine bucks a month for 60 hours of transcription services as of today. That could change in the future. And then you take that audio transcript, you clean it up, you turn it into a text message, you turn it into an email, and you make like five, six, seven, ten of these things, and you're good to go. One of the things that you're going to find is momentum for you is going to be a weird thing. It's going to feel like nothing's happening. It's going to feel like 
I'm not getting anywhere. And then all of a sudden, it's going to be like a rocket ship. You're like, whoa, what is going on? Everything seems to be going right. It's because you've put in the work, the energy, and the effort. Now know this, there is a hidden danger, and the people around you are going to try to drag you down. The people around you are going to tell you, hey, what's going on? You're a different person. You've changed. And these are the people who are sitting on the couch right now. These are the people who are just watching videos or playing video games or, you know, just hanging out and checking out podcasts and just consuming information and doing nothing with it. Your momentum is going to put you in touch with different types of people to to replace the network that you currently have. And there's going to be a point where you're going to have to make a decision. These are the people that I used to associate with, and these are the people that I'm not going to associate with anymore. What will happen is you will find that you are going to lose friends, but you're going to make new ones. You will find that people in the office that used to like you may not like you anymore. You will find that some of the people around you in your personal life are just like you've changed and something's going on. It's because you're focused and you know what you want to do. And sometimes people will be like, well, we should go hang out. And you're like, I can't hang out. I got stuff that I got to take care of. I got stuff that I got to do. Selling in tough times is something that is going to happen over your career four, five, six, seven times. So you might as well be prepared for it. Most people don't think this way. They're like, they look at it as a one-time event. Even though it's happened to them a couple times in their life or it's happened to them one time in their life, they don't look at it and go, I can prepare for the future. I could be better at what I'm doing right now. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.